entrepreneurship are flawed. The pressures that they put themselves are incredible, mm-hmm. and the amount of technology that's around them just doesn't help like get them to connect with themselves and the environment around them. Yo, what's going on? Tuning into the podcast a bit early. We have a dope segment coming up with an awesome guest named Swish. He's been taking over the business industry at the early age. I mean, you may have seen him on TED Talks as one of the youngest influencers coming up with new ways for people to engage with their favorite celebrities. And I can't wait to share this episode with you all as we discuss everything from his web platform, true fam, LinkedIn strategies, entrepreneurship, public speaking, and a lot more. If you like this episode, the best place to hit me up is on Instagram at DeAndre underscore Evans. I mean, screenshot your favorite parts post it in your stories make sure you tag me and put any questions you have as i'm going to be reaching out to those who do and responding and reposting all day so with that being said it's time to do what we do best it's time to level up let's get it are you ready level up daily the hottest podcast for self-growth with interviews from the hottest celebrities Tola, level me up Tola, level me up yeah now your host, DeAndre Evans. Tola, level me up. Tola, level me up. Yeah, it's time to level up. Now level up. Yo, what's up, ladies and G's? Much love to those returning, and shout out for those tuning in for the first time. I have a very special guest on today's episode here. I mean, he's a serial entrepreneur, three-time TEDx speaker, LinkedIn youth editor, Canada's top 20 under 20 venture capitalist. I mean, he shares his philosophies on the entrepreneurial hustle, personal brand, and trends leading technology and business in today's society when it comes to making moves in the business industry. I have the man himself, Manu, a.k.a. Swish, go swami on today's podcast. What's up, brother? How you doing? Great, man. Thank you for that intro. It means a lot. I'm super happy to be on. Definitely, definitely. Now, I, I have to ask, before we get started, like, how did you get the name Swish in the business industry? Like, How did yeah. that come about? <laughs> and my full name is Ferochish, which is really long. Um, and so when I was in grade eight, I had a teacher named Mr. McWilliam who kind of noticed that I had an aptitude for basketball. Uh, I'm not really good. I'm okay. I'm a pretty good three-point shooter, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and he just gave me the nickname Swish. He combined the first two letters, last three letters of my full name, and I just ran with it. In high school, in university, I kept introducing myself as Swish, and mm-hmm. people just thought it was fine to call me Swish. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So can you hoop, though? Like, Can you ball? Can you play a little bit? Yeah, I do. I do play quite a lot. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm like you know anywhere close to like the best. But but I am a really good shooter and I'm streaky. So once I get on fire, I'm I'm pretty hard to stop it. Ah, you sound like a Ray Allen <laughs> or a Steph oh, Curry. Yeah. Oh no, definitely, man, definitely. That's that's my zone. The corner three is my zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I'm I'm glad to have you on the show, man. Definitely excited. I know my listeners are definitely gonna enjoy this podcast, and uh, I'm just glad that you were able to take the time out of your day to do this with me. And I uh, definitely uh, don't want to hold you up. I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot going on and everything. So, uh, you know, usually what I like to do, uh, first off, for a lot of our special guests is just open up the floor to them, you know, have them, you know, share their stories, their insights, and just tell us a little bit about yourself, your backstory, and what really inspired you to get started in the business world. Yeah, um, I was born in Singapore. And so for any of your listeners that know Singapore is a very small place, but it's a very competitive environment. Um, when you go through the schooling system in Singapore, even if you're in grade one or two, you're pretty much learning four to five times faster than the average student in America or Canada. Um, and so that meant that when I immigrated from Singapore to Calgary in Canada when I was nine years old, 
I was really ahead of school. And I was able to, you know, maybe even get bumped up a few grades. I decided not to, but just being able to stay in grade two, grade three in Calgary and not really have to pay attention to school because I was already learning at such a fast level before really gave me the luxury of being able to do things like dance, debate, draw. You know, I played a lot of sports like cricket, volleyball, and basketball. And I just tried out a lot of different things and really early on figured out what I liked and disliked. Um, I kind of realized around 14 that business was probably something that I wanted to try out. I joined a program called Junior Achievement, which is basically for high school students to learn about entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did pretty good in that. We won Southwest Alberta's Company of the Year. We were nominated for Candace Company of the Year. We built out a custom lapel pin company. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of showed my parents, like, yo, maybe the lawyer, engineer, doctor route isn't (laughs) good for this kid. Like, you know, maybe there's something more that we can get this guy to do. but that being said, like, honestly, man, like, I also debated at a really high level. Mm-hmm. Like, I debated for Team Canada from grade 10 to 12. I went to the World Championship for a debate twice, came fourth and second in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you're in debate, especially at a very high level, you kind of yeah. naturally lean towards either politics or law as your career. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I had a brother who was a lawyer, and I was obsessed with the show Huge. So, like, I really wanted to be a lawyer when I was going to university. Yeah. Um, when I got to first year university, I went to the University of Toronto. I, I got hit up by this guy called Trevor Booker, who played for the Brooklyn Nets at the time. We nice. met for dinner. Um, it was probably the most spontaneous meeting that I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it changed my life because Trevor literally hired me onto his venture capital firm, made me come out to New York to work on a company. Um, I was able to meet a lot of cool people there. I met social media influencers like at Elliot on Instagram, who became my roommate. Mm-hmm. And it kind of just opened my entire world up to this whole world of marketing and influencer marketing and being able to really understand that the future of the world is with people who have attention. And in order to build attention, you have to start taking a look at what you're really good at and sharing it with the world and not being afraid of what other people think of you. And so... That honestly, man, led me to put a lot on LinkedIn, grow my audience there, mm. speak a lot, and also build this company that I'm building right now called TrueFan. Nice, nice. And we're definitely going to get into that too, especially the TrueFan business that you have and uh, your background and history with LinkedIn. That's something that actually stood out to me and I was actually curious about as well. But uh, I know prior to our, our interview here, I was reaching out to you probably like a few months ago. I know we are trying to set things up. I know it took a minute, but uh, you was out in Asia, I believe, for a speaking engagement. Right? Um, yeah. How, how did I go? Yeah, how did I go? It was awesome, man. It was awesome. Good. I mean, look, anytime I can come out for an engagement in a place like China or India, I love it. Um, because I feel like those countries have some of the greatest talent, but just because of the infrastructure around them, they're sometimes very limited. Mm-hmm. So if I can get people to think about utilizing their talent to build up the infrastructure we might have here in America or Canada or whatever, mm-hmm. it's just a great way for me to be able to provide value to people and tell them what's working in America and Canada. Um, so it's awesome to be able to go out there. Nice, nice. Now, how, how do you cope, you know, with, with the nerves of public speaking? Because I know, to be honest, it's not for everyone, right? And I know you, you were in debate and everything, so that, I think that probably helped. But was there any point in time, like, when you first got that big gig or that, you know, uh, that title, I guess you could say, as a public speaker, um, you know, what, what was happening? What was going through your mind? Like, how did you get over the, the nerve part, or if there were any? Yeah, man, I think there are two things always that, that played to my nerves early on, which was, 
man, I'm just a kid. What the hell do I know? Um, <laughs> and a lot of people yeah. feel that way, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't claim to know things about issues that I generally don't know about. Like, for me, if I don't know about something, even if it's during, like, a Q&A and somebody asks me about Bitcoin or whatever, yeah. I will upfront tell them that I don't know much about this topic. And I'm totally fine being honest that way. Um, the second big thing is my list. So I had a speech impediment. I still do. Um, it's gotten a lot better. Um, but when I was in grade 7, I realized I couldn't say my S's and R's properly, and it made me kind of want to be... Um, very closed off for a long time because I didn't feel very comfortable speaking out in class or, you know, doing things like speech and debate. But mm-hmm. I, I, I think it was around grade eight when I just decided I was going to join the debate club. My brother, by the way, was a world champion debater as well. Nice. And, and, and I just was like, if he can do it, I can do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had this brother mentality. <laughs> right, right. So I did it. I put myself in the most uncomfortable position. Mm-hmm. And gradually over time, I found that my list, my speech impediment actually got better. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not like, you know, it's not gone or anything, but mm-hmm. I'm so comfortable with my voice and speaking out that many people just miss that entirely because they're already looking at my body language, my charisma, mm-hmm. the way that I talk, the flow that I have, everything. Yeah, man. The confidence that you have. I definitely uh, was able to chime in and check out a couple of your TED Talks. I was like, yeah, this guy, he got some swag. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he got some style. Man. He got a little style, too. I was like, I, I like it. I like it. But I uh, definitely respect that, man. And, and that's good pointers and good notes to take, especially for those who are looking to take that, that venture out and becoming a public speaker, just to be confident in yourself. And I think that's very imperative. But uh, when it comes to, you know, being an entrepreneur, because, you know, you are a young entrepreneur taking over the industry here in the business world here uh, on both sides of the border, you know, Canada and over here in the U.S. and different parts of the country and all over the world. Uh, do you think it's harder or easier being an entrepreneur today? I think it's much easier to be an entrepreneur today. Um, I mean, look, the fact of the matter is, and I was watching a great um, video recently by Harley Finkelstein, the CEO of Shopify. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, anywhere you are in the world right now, you can create an online store and you can start selling product or start selling your service to a global audience. You know, tools like Upwork, GetLeverage.com, Fiverr, for freelancers, and then, you know, online places like Shopify um, for people who are entrepreneurs that have a product that they want to be able to market to a global audience, those tools did not exist 20, 30 years ago. You'd have to go through a middleman that would charge an incredible fee, yeah. um, and that whole direct-to-consumer model just never existed. So I definitely think it's a lot easier now. That being said, though, I do think there are a lot of personal struggles that entrepreneurs have now that they likely would not have had 20 to 30 years ago. And that's really around mental health. I think the mental health of an entrepreneur has drastically decreased um, now than ever before because the expectations that people have coming into entrepreneurship are flawed. The pressures that they put themselves are incredible. Mm -hmm. And the amount of technology that's around them just doesn't help like get them to connect with themselves and the environment around them. Mm, absolutely. And I totally agree. I think it's very, very, uh, you know, much more fundamentally sound when it comes to entrepreneurship today, when it comes to building relationships and able to accommodate certain, you know, interests and able to grow a brand and a business compared to, like you say, 10, 20 years ago. And I think that's very, very important. And, you know, along those lines, because now I'm thinking as being an entrepreneur myself, like what advice would you give to know? You know, those looking to get into the field of entrepreneurship and at the same time, those who are actually in it, like what are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, the top three skills, I think, to be an entrepreneur are number one, the ability to work with a team, yeah. um, because as much as I'd like to think that entrepreneurship is just about you, it's not. 
It's really about having great partners, great team members that you can rely on and trust to do the job when you're not there um, or to do it even better than you. The second thing I think is the foresight to see where an opportunity lies and how to go after it. Um, And I think, you know, it's very critical what I just said, which is not only identifying an opportunity, but having the gumption and the guts to go after that window of opportunity. That's something that you should have as an entrepreneur. You should be able to take on a, a, you know, a significant level of risk that you otherwise would not have to take on in other fields. Um, The third and final skill as an entrepreneur, I think, and this is something that is is definitely up in the air for debate, Mm -hmm. but I think it's the ability to convince people of your idea and vision. Um, And I understand that there are people who might not be extroverted that are entrepreneurs. I totally believe in the introverted entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, whether it's by writing or talking, or I don't know what other medium there is, but you need to be able to put your idea out and convince other team members, advisors, and investors, and potential clients that your idea means something and is fixing a problem. And I definitely think that ability to articulate that or to put that message out in a very coherent and comprehensive way is on the entrepreneur himself or herself. Mm, and I hope everybody tuning in is definitely uh, taking note of that. He definitely dropped some jewels on us for sure. And uh, I totally agree. I feel like those three uh, important facts there and statements that you stated is definitely uh, a great bridge to, you know, make that connection for those looking to get into the field of entrepreneurship. So I greatly appreciate that. And I know everybody else tuning in is like, oh, my God, where can I find this dude on Instagram right now? But uh, <laughs> you know, so so speaking of Instagram, now I'm all into it. Like, how do you use social media? Because I know, like. Honestly, like you're you're a LinkedIn youth editor, right? For for LinkedIn, yeah, right. So yeah, LinkedIn youth editor. Gotcha, gotcha. So I know personally, like I got friends, I got family, and everybody on there. But I go to their pages, and it just looks weird, right? Like it looks horrible. The functionality, I I just don't get it personally. So like, what what's two or three important things for that for someone who's looking to get into LinkedIn or social media period, or thinking about you know taking their brands to the next level? What advice would you give to them? Yeah, I mean, look, I think. LinkedIn is, by the way, a great opportunity for anyone, um, especially now, to come on and start posting because LinkedIn's algorithm is actually starting to favor new content creators, so they will amplify your post artificially if you're somebody that hasn't posted before. So I definitely Mm -hmm. encourage people to do that. Um, LinkedIn is like any other platform, though. The key thing you need to have is really good content, which can be split up among informative content, so sharing things that you know or sharing articles with your original commentary, because I want to hear what your thoughts are on the article. I don't want to just necessarily hear what the article is about. The second type of content are inspirational pieces of content, so sharing stories that you know of other people who might be in your network or maybe even people you don't know but you find their story very inspiring and putting that story into one or two paragraphs and sharing it as a post or as an article. Mm -hmm. The third big piece of content, in my opinion, are personal anecdotes. So Mm -hmm. being able to spark a discussion in the comments and create some level of relatability by talking about not only your really good days but also your really bad days at work, the times where you feel like time management wasn't something you were good at. Maybe there are days where you feel like you're lost and you don't really know what you're doing with your life. Mm-hmm. Being able to take those thoughts and put it into one or two paragraphs and share it to the world can actually be the most powerful thing you do on social media because you're mm-hmm. going to actively attract people that are really, really similar to you but might be in a totally different location in the world, which is really cool to think about. Um, so that's content. 
the second big piece is community. So engaging as much as you can with your audience when they comment, making sure you take time out to comment back, making sure you're targeting a specific audience with your content. So for me, I was a student coming up to LinkedIn, so I knew that the first audience I wanted to target were other students mm-hmm. because I could empathize time management and procrastination and you know <laughs> finding your passion and not knowing what you want to do, right. you know, not having a lot of money, like stuff like that I could empathize with and I could talk about it on a platform mm-hmm. like LinkedIn and attract people who were students to come onto my page. Um, mm-hmm. The third and final thing with LinkedIn is just being a good person. Mm-hmm. And I know this is going to sound real stupid, but just hear me out. I got you. <laughs> I, think, I think the reason I became big on LinkedIn is primarily because early on, and I try to do it now, but it's a lot harder to now, but especially early on, I was the type of person that was giving away best practices guides to social media platforms for free. I was the person giving away like random cheat sheets on how to network with people mm. away for mm-hmm. free. I was the person that when somebody messaged me and want, you know, they wanted to get on a five-minute call, I would book them in, and I would just get on a five-minute call with random people. Many times, people who honestly just wanted my advice on certain things, and I would spend time working through with them yeah. on those problems that they had, mm-hmm. and in exchange, I knew that they became a lifetime follower, that they would, every time they see my post, they would more likely like it, they would comment on it, we'd have a good relationship, and they would look out for me in case anything ever happened to me. So those are the things that is what I kind of mean by being a good person is being a resourceful person that wants to help people first instead of only trying to get their attention. Mm, and that's so imperative, man. I'm, and I'm glad you stated all of that, especially uh, considering making that valuable connection and just putting yourself out there, like in, in a sense of being a blogger, right? You're just putting out free content, yeah. you know, constantly just sharing your tips and tricks on what to do, what not to do. And I know that actually built a massive following for you. And I definitely can uh, definitely congratulate you on all your success with that. And honestly, like my perspective with LinkedIn, because I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, right? <laughs> Personally, like I'm still trying yeah. to get into it and podcast and everything. So like, What's the what's the main advantage like of just using LinkedIn? Because you got Instagram, you got Facebook, you got Twitter, right? Like, why why would people should should you know source themselves to LinkedIn? Like, what's the major benefit of it? Yeah, I mean, look, like it, it's the most professional platform that exists right now. Mm-hmm. So, from a business end, if you're trying to get more people to learn about you in a very holistic way. Um, LinkedIn is great because every time they see your content, they're going to click on your profile and your entire experience is laid out for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have to make any of that dumb small talk that people have to do <laughs> over Snapchat and Instagram to find out more about what you do. Yeah. They already have everything laid out. The second thing is it's a great way to network with people, right? Like if you're able to see, you know, and search people up mm-hmm. by their position, by where they work, by where they are. That's incredible. That's like a directory, right? And now you can start reaching out to people who might be at McDonald's or Western Union or Swiss <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Start reaching out to them, maybe even interviewing them or just trying to get on a call with them through LinkedIn. Because most people, in my opinion, don't have a very big following on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they have a big following on Instagram, go on LinkedIn. They likely don't have a big following there. So they're very approachable on LinkedIn. And when you message someone on LinkedIn, they're not going to be weirded out. I think some people, like, you know, are still a bit weirded out when you send people an Instagram DM or send <laughs> yeah. them a Facebook message yeah. because it's a bit private for them. Mm-hmm. But on LinkedIn, nothing's really private. 
Mm, and that's definitely true because when I go on people's page, I'm like, oh, they just whole story is just right up front. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> like, uh, I really yeah. don't need to know yeah. too much. Yeah, like, like you find out enough to be like, okay, make a decision whether or not you're going to reach out to that person or not, which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And now, just in terms of social media period, because I know you got a lot going on. You got a couple businesses running. You, you see a couple things here, and you got an app right called True Fan. Yeah, yeah, it's a web platform. Nice, nice, nice. So h- tell us a little bit more about that, and how did that come about? Sure, man. Um, so I was working on a project called Dunk last year at the UNK on Instagram, which had about 2.2 million followers. We had a network that had about 11 million followers focused on basketball, so about 21 accounts on Instagram and Snapchat. Mm. Um, and through the process of doing that, I met a lot of NBA players, a lot of agents, a lot of brands. Um, one of the people I was really close with, who's an advisor in our company now, is Mark Zablo, who runs Cogent Marketing. And, uh, and he did the social media for Dwayne Wade and Chris Paul. Nice. Approached my co-founder, Elliot, um, at the time, who, who was the you know, person who created all these accounts in the very first place in 2013, and asked Elliot, hey, man, do you have a tool that Chris Paul could use to find his most engaged fans in Houston? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a super cool question to look into. You know, I thought yeah. the answer really could be the platform that I'm building up right now. Mm-hmm. So I decided to step back from Dunk. You know, Elliot and I are still really good friends. We're both advisors in, the, in each other's company. Mm-hmm. But um, but I started building our true fan with a person that I met four years ago at an award show called Anna Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was studying at Stanford. He had, you know, really, really good background in computer science. Could really do a lot of good optimization for code. Yeah. Um, and we started building up this web platform that basically could go and take a look at your most influential and passionate fans on Twitter mm-hmm. and give you all of those people to reach out to directly and reward with a promo code or just an appreciation message. Mm, got you, got you. And so how do you like necessarily like engage, like say, to, to reach out to these individuals or these celebrities, NBA players? Like, is it just for, you know, uh, sports fans or is it for everybody? Like, Yeah, man, it's for everybody. Look, like, fans don't have to download anything, which is a huge benefit. So if you're a fan of, like, let's say you're a fan of Western Union, the, the financial company, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Western Union would basically come on. They would link their Twitter account. Mm-hmm. We would analyze the people that have engaged with their content the most and they'd show up all within their most passionate fans. Mm. And then we'd also show them people who are following Western Union who have a following themselves. So people that might have 30, 40, 50,000 followers who are following Western Union, mm. those are cool people that Western Union should reach out to because they might be able to spread the word about a new product or a new initiative a lot faster than paying mm. a random influencer that had no idea about what Western Union was doing. So... That's basically what we do, man. Like, we just raised our second round, mm-hmm. um, got a couple of good NBA players on board, a couple of media executives, good nice. angel investors in Canada. We moved out to Vancouver about a month ago. We're working at a Hootsuite, which is a really big social media company. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just really excited to grow. We're not a team of five people, and, you know, we're growing really, really fast, honestly. Like, we're going to be launching soon, and month over month, we're hoping to add on, like, about one to two people. Nice, nice. And what do you guys plan on launching, like, fully? Yeah, so fully, I don't know yet. Um, okay. We're going to obviously get onto our private beta November 15th, and we're going to be converting everybody into paying customers by the end of the month. So you'll have, like, a two-week trial period if you were selected to be a part of that private beta, um, which we've only selected about 62 people to be a part of that beta, but mm-hmm. they're the most important brands and influencers on our list right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a lot of interest beyond that. I know we have about... 750 brands and influencers that have signed up for early beta so we definitely want to be able to get to those people eventually but 
we're taking a very slow and honest approach with that. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, is D-Wade on there? Because I know you mentioned you had worked with a guy who yes, worked there. Yes. Is D-Wade on it? Because yes, yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> yes, Wade's on it. Yeah. Wade, Wade's on it. Chris Paul will be on it. Um, Kyle Kuzma is one of our investors. Devon Reed is one of our investors. Um, we have a couple of awesome YouTubers like Casey Neistat and Cody Coe, a couple of celebrities like Kevin Hart, TLC, T-Boss. Um, and then some awesome brands like Western Union, K-Swiss, Under Armour, Puma, um, and Hintwater. So a couple of really, really cool brands as well that have come on board. Nice, nice. Because, yeah, I was always told I look like D-Wade and I ball like him too a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I definitely, I'm definitely about to uh, check out this app and put it down as a note. November 15th, all right? It's a test trial, all that type of stuff. Just be aware. What's up, D-Wade, if you're listening? <laughs> Come on to the show, yeah, brother. Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I don't want to keep you long because I know we got a, a limited amount of time, though. But I definitely want to hit on probably another question, too, just to go ahead and uh, get some insight on it, especially for our listeners, because these are actually personal questions that was uh, requested. You know, you have some fans of, of yours on my page here uh, <laughs> reaching out. They wanted yeah. to know more about it. But, um, you know, they wanted to know what, what was your greatest, you know, failures and, and how did you actually – um, you know, overcome them? Like, what did they teach you as you was facing diversity and going through those trials and tribulations? Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's so many micro-failures um, that, like, it's really hard to pinpoint one that kind of changed my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the failures that I had, um, which I'm kind of making up for right now, is about a year ago or two years ago, if you asked me what was the most important thing in life, I would have told you work and money. Um, and I think come to the realization that it's a lot more about family than ever before. Um, and that's only because this year has probably been the toughest year for me personally. I've, uh, had my parents split up. I lost my best, one of my good friends. Um, I, I lost my grandfather about a month after that. Mm -hmm. So I've just had a number of very unfortunate situations happen to me where Mm -hmm. I started to realize the importance of friends and family, keeping them close and not growing old and realizing that you're lonely with money, which I definitely don't want to, I don't want that ever happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that, man, like, honestly, like, if we had to talk about the biggest failure that I've had is yeah. two years ago, three years ago, I, I don't feel like I'm proud about the switch that existed then. I'm a little more proud about the switch that existed now. Mm, that's deep, man. That's real deep. And, and I'm sorry. Sorry for your losses, brother. And uh, going through those, you know, hardships there, I know it can be a, definitely a challenge in those dark moments, but um, honestly, I'm glad to, to hear, you know, your perspective on it and positivity coming from it, knowing that uh, you was going through a rough patch in life that we all go through at some point in time. Right. But um, again, I, I'm definitely appreciated for, for everything that you do. Uh, like I said, I've been watching you for from a fireman for a while. I love the way you move, man. I love what you're about. And uh, like, again, I don't want to don't want to hold you long. So I just want to end it uh, just with one last question, honestly, uh, for those who are looking to, you know, know more about you necessarily. And, you know, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to follow in your footsteps? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, firstly, don't follow in my footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as much as possible, obviously, take some inspiration from my story. Hopefully mm-hmm. take a little few like tactical lessons. But, mm-hmm. you know, please make sure you're following your own path. You have your own desires. You have your own path. Um, and you have your own timing, which is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to be 21 and successful. You don't need to be 25 and successful. Hell, you don't even have to be 30 and successful. <laughs> um, I think each person has their own path in life, their own timing for when success will hit them. And as long as you're putting yourself in a situation to win, which means putting yourself around the right people and constantly trying to look for opportunity, you know, you will get that opportunity one day to be able to hopefully make it big in whatever profession you're trying to go after. 
But that being said, you can connect with me on LinkedIn primarily. Um, I'm Shushka Swami there. Uh, so S-W-I-S-H and then G-O-S-W-A-M-I. Or you can just reach out to me on Instagram. I'm pretty approachable there too. It's at GoSwish. So at G-O-S-W-I-S-H. And yeah, I mean, if I don't reach back immediately, please give me a bit of time. But feel free to send me another message within a week or whatever. Absolutely, man. But he, he's out here traveling across the country, guys. So he's out here balling on stages and stuff and, you know, big timing. But uh, <laughs> no, no, no. He's yeah. definitely a cool guy, man. Uh, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm going to definitely put the information down in the descriptions below. So don't worry, guys. We want to personally reach out or just want to save this episode for later. I'll definitely do that. But uh, Swish, man, I just want to say, you know, personally, thank you so much for coming onto the show, uh, especially here from the Level Up Daily Podcast. Uh, we greatly appreciate you for taking time out of your day to do this with us. And uh, we definitely are thankful for the information you was able to share today absolutely man i appreciate it thank you again thank you thank you so uh until next time guys much love peace and blessings and that's the podcast perfect good I loved it, man. It was awesome. great, good great positivity great vibe i loved it if you had a genie, what would be the first three things you wish for? Uh, my uh, grandfather back. Um, I'd definitely ask for a big house for my mother. Um, and I'd probably ask for a lovely McLaren for myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I got to treat yourself a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Now, what's one place you would love to travel to? Um, somewhere new, definitely the Maldives. Somewhere I've been before Paris. Mm, nice, Maldi. Sounds great. Now, what's your favorite quote? Favorite quote uh, is by Kobe Bryant, which is uh, what I'm chasing now. I'm chasing perfection. Mm, yeah, I knew you was a baller. <laughs> only, yeah. only ballers <laughs> give Kobe quotes. <laughs> yeah. you, pr- you probably, you probably yell out Kobe when you shoot the basket too, huh? <laughs> oh, all day, yo. That is and one. I yell that all the time. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you got to, you got to. Who would you most like to have dinner with? Uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Good choice. Good choice. I agree. And last question. What was your favorite class in school? Uh, gym class. I love playing dodgeball. <laughs> that was my favorite activity. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense. Switch, right? You got you to gotta ball out regardless. So Exactly. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy that episode. I mean, I had a great time interviewing Swish. He's a great guy, man. Very young influencer who's taking over the business industry. I mean, we talked about a little bit of everything from just entrepreneurship, his web platform, TrueFan, which a lot of you guys should check out and invest in. Uh, we talked about two or three important things as an entrepreneur moving forward, what you should do, what you should look out for, and how to take advantage of social media, especially including the main platform, uh, LinkedIn. How to actually capitalize on that platform and take advantage of it and make the connections that you seek so that you can grow your brand and your business. Hopefully, this was something that was helpful. You was able to take some value out of it and apply it to your life. And at the same token, able to, you know, change your perspective on, you know, how social media works and how networking works as a whole. So with that being said, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. And if this is your first time checking out the episode, make sure you go subscribe, go leave a rating and a review on the Apple podcast or any major platform where you listen to your podcast as it's greatly appreciated and it goes a long, long way, guys. So 
with that being said, um, I do want to end it off on a cool note. Um, I have the release of the official clothing line for Level Up Daily. I know this is something I've been talking about for the past couple months. I've been working on it exclusively, secretly, behind the scenes. I've been doing test trials, right? But I finally have it together where you can actually go out, purchase the items, test it out, wear it, rock it. I mean, I got some dope, dope clothing apparel for every single person. I mean, from men to women to kids. Uh, anyone can rock it i mean and it's for everyone i wanted to inspire and give back to the community especially for those who've been rocking with me since day one on this platform so definitely go check it out it's going to be in the description of this podcast and moving forward every single podcast coming up um you can also find it on my instagram page at deandre underscore evans that's d-a-n-d-r-e underscore e-v-a-n-s feel free to hit me up check it out and uh let me know if you guys place an order because what i'm gonna do is actually I'm going to release an exclusive custom order for those who do purchase. So if you make a purchase from now until the end of November, I'm going to do a custom order for you to where you get to customize any article of clothing that I have with this tailored to your name, with your brand or, you know, something related to family, whatever it is. Let me know. I'm going to go ahead and get that tailored for you. So with that being said, I can't wait for you guys to check it out. I can't wait for you guys to rock it as I'm definitely excited uh, to share it all with you. So until next time, guys. Much love, peace, and blessings.